Welcome. I'm Mandy, a former history teacher. And I'm Evita, a former mechanical engineer. We're both married with four kids, two two boys, boys, two two girls. girls. We're two young professionals turned stay-at-home moms, navigating all facets of homemaking one step at a time to help you become the mother and wife you are called to be. Hello and welcome to season two, unofficially, (laughs) of Baby Steps Homemakers. We've had a little bit of a hiatus in between our seasons, mostly due to a new member who's with us right now. A special guest. A special guest. Um, (laughs) I had a baby. Yay! Number five (laughs) for Mandy. (laughs) So we're going to have to change our intro at some point. You know, we'll leave it for a while. (laughs) Yes. But yes. And baby girl is here. Yes. So thank you for your patience as we had a little break to kind of gather ourselves and get our new routine going and things. But we're glad to be back. We're on our normal schedule now. Yep. And another announcement before we get started. Uh, I started an Instagram page. Mm. And so (laughs) you can follow us there. I know um, since our content seems to be a little sporadic, I figured it would be a good idea to start something where we can kind of be in more frequent contact with you guys. You guys can send us questions and we can address them on the episode or you could just see our homemaking day-to-day content. So Anyhow, that's search for us on Instagram. Yes, that'll be fun just to have a little space to kind of put. Yeah, we have all these ideas sometimes. Yeah, they kind of sit until we make our episodes. It'll be nice to have somewhere we can kind of just post things as we're on the fly. Yeah, and homemaking is like entails everything like gardening, baking, parenting, marriage, whatever. So we'll, we'll throw it all on there. Yes. So today's topic, we are going to be tackling friendship because. Well, actually, shout out to Avita's mom because this was her idea. Um, (laughs) True. Thanks, mom. (laughs) It was a great idea. And we figured it comes at a really good time because you need the support of friends. And so we wanted to kind of get into what is friendship. But we want to get into what what is friendship, what's true friendship. And in order to do that, we're going to start with good old Aristotle in his book, Nicomachean Ethics, which I said correctly, I think. Um, I used to pronounce it wrong. I yeah. said Nicomachean. That's actually how I've heard it, but yeah. but I guess I was wrong. Well, who knows? My philosophy professor could have been completely wrong. So okay. we'll right. go. So what is it? Nicomachean. Nicomachean. Got it. Or Nicomachean. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever potato, your flavor potato. is. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, he says um, in this book. The goal of every human endeavor is to lead to happiness. We don't do something if we don't think it's going to affect our happiness or lead us to something good. Mm -hmm. Even if it's distorted, it's our distorted sense of good, right? Like we think even sin will lead us to something good. That's why we pursue it. Right. So he says that's our pursuit. And as we're trying to achieve this, it wouldn't mean anything without friendship, which is kind of a strong Mm. insinuation that achieving the good means nothing without this friendship. And he says, quote, we consider a friend to be one of the greatest of all good things and friendliness and solitude, or sorry, friendlessness and solitude, a very terrible thing because the whole of life and voluntary interactions are with loved ones. 
Mm-hmm. So basically you have no life <laughs> if right. you don't have You have someone to, to share your experiences with. Exactly. Yep. And so in this um, book, he has 10 sections. He dedicates two of them to friendship. So that kind of shows how important he views it in the good life because that's what this book covers. Mm-hmm. So he says, quote, friendship is one of the most indispensable requirements of life. For no one would choose to live without friends, but in possession of everything else that is good. Wow. Yeah. That's quite the opposite. Because I'm going to be going over what C.S. Lewis, how C.S. Lewis defines friendship and what he believes. And he he says the exact opposite, right? He says it's unnecessary. Uh So we'll get into that. So it's kind of, it's kind of funny because it's, he says it's indispensable, right? He says it's like, you absolutely have to have it. Mm-hmm. To share your triumphs and your glories, which makes me think if he was married. Yeah. Because I feel like when you're married, you might not think it's necessary. Whereas if when you're not, yeah, you maybe place a greater importance on, on it. it. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. And I think he's probably talking about friendship in a very general sense too. Mm-hmm. Like relationships mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that would be. That I guess friendship could be like a marriage. Yeah. You could be talking about it like that. Yeah. Okay. It would probably include that, Mm -hmm. would be my guess. Yeah. Um, But yeah, he says that it's indispensable and friends are of help to the young by protecting them from mistakes, Mm -hmm. to the elderly by looking after them and making up for their failing powers of action, Mm -hmm. to those in the prime of life to help them in doing good things. So Mm -hmm. like at every stage of life, you need friends. Right. So he says there's three kinds of friendship. And obviously what you'll find is he thinks one kind is better than the rest. Um, First, there's a friendship of utility. And that's what it sounds like. You're using each other for a purpose, right? So these friendships are based on what someone can do for you or what you can do for another person. It might be that you put in a good word for someone and they buy you a gift in return, right? There's kind of a quid pro quo there. Um, But they have little to do with character and can end as soon as that person is no longer useful to you. Right. Another example would maybe be like your mechanic. Right. He helps you. You like him. Yeah. Good friends. Yep. Yeah. Not not based on character at all. Right. Just. And probably not very deep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, how's it going? Hey. (laughs) Everything going okay at home? (laughs) (laughs) They're not going to get into uh, the woes of your life. Although I have heard people confide in some random strangers, but. For want to friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then we have the friendship of pleasure. So this is kind of like a little bit of a step above. These are based on enjoyment of a shared activity mm-hmm. or the pursuit of fleeting pre- pleasures and emotions. So like I like being around this person. Right. Might be your reason. Um, this might be someone you go for drinks with. Aristotle didn't say that. I am. Um, <laughs> he did not get that as an example. Or tea or whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever is popular in ancient uh, Greece. Or join a particular hobby. Um, so anything like of that nature. And this type of relationship can end again quickly, dependent as it is upon your changing your likes and dislikes. So as soon as you stop liking going drinking, those friends are no longer your friends. Right. Which is why I think also like I know personally and other women that I know personally like friendships can fade. Like like they're a little bit easier to fade 
once you're married, probably because I would assume that a lot of those friendships were purely based on pleasure. You like to hang out with them. You had yes. similar hobbies, going out, dancing, yeah. whatever, hiking, exercising, fill in the blank. But right. you guys did things that you enjoyed together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it isn't the top tier of the friendship scale, according to Aristotle, no. because because of that reason, right? right. It's like, there is there's more depth than the first but right. it's still not to its potential right it's very self-serving yeah just like the utility yeah. one is self-serving yeah. sorry so a little easier to let go maybe right yeah and i think back to like friends i had like that because i feel like we all have that in this stage of life you know mm-hmm. um and you don't see it as using someone at the time obviously. exactly yeah but it's those type of friendships where if you were to get deep, there'd be conflict. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't feel comfortable telling that person, oh, I disagree with this decision you're making. Mm-hmm. Or they come out of a changing room and they're like, how do I look? And you're like, oh, great. And you hate their outfit. Or right? <laughs> like we, there's not a vulnerability. Yes. With yeah. Those and honesty. And honesty mm-hmm. and integrity. Yeah, exactly. So that is saved for kind of this last level he talks about. And this is a friendship of virtue. And these are people you like for themselves, who Mm -hmm. typically influence you positively and push you to be a better person. So this kind of relationship is based on the character of two self-sufficient equals. I Mm -hmm. like how he says that, two self-sufficient equals. It's almost like a maturity that you have to have to have this friendship because you are standing on your own, Mm -hmm. but and maybe this is what C.S. Lewis means by it's not necessary. Exactly. That you don't need a friend to necessarily complete you because mm-hmm. you're self-sufficient, you're yeah. mature, you've you've got yourself handled. Yeah. But they better you in ways mm-hmm. that like can go beyond what you can do alone. Right. Your lives are completely independent of each right. other. Whether you don't she need fails each other for something. Or, you know, your yeah. friend fails, it doesn't really have an impact yeah. on your life. Yep. And and I don't mean that in like a like you don't care if like you don't care, or, but the yeah. reality is if something happens to you her, you could continue going. You on. you're gonna live. Yeah, you're gonna survive. Yeah, yeah, they're not like of a dependent nature where you're like, oh, well, this is the person I go do this with. And exactly. If I don't have that. Exactly. So this is a lot more stable than the previous two mm-hmm. categories because the friendship is going to last past your fads of like mm-hmm. or your phases of life, right? Like you might have one phase of your life where you're young and dumb. We all do. And that friendship would withstand that time because, again, you have that virtue, that basis of you like that person for who their character is, not what they enjoy doing or what they can offer you. So it's a little bit more stable. And he goes into this one in depth. He says, while friendships of utility and pleasure have their place, it is the rare yet pure friendships of virtue that are the greatest contributors to the good life. So these are the ones that are going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes time. So that's one thing he says about these kinds of friendships, that the length of the relationship indicates its its stability. And it requires effort on both sides. So it's a friendship that requires joint effort and it can take a long time. Well, not necessarily a long, long time, but it takes time to build. It's mm-hmm. not just you know, instant friends overnight. And so he says, quote, for perfect friendship, you must get to know someone thoroughly. So this is why it takes time Mm -hmm. and become intimate with them, which is a very difficult thing to do. 
And he goes on to say it involves honesty, it involves acceptance, it involves selflessness, Mm -hmm. and it's two equal parties coming together to forge a bond that provides mutual benefit. So there's still a benefit to it, but it's different than the utility one. It's a spiritual benefit. Yeah. That's what C.S. It's an enjoyment. Mm -hmm. It's an appreciation Mm -hmm. over the course of a lifetime. So that's kind of a neat way to to view it. It's like this long built-up friendship that has honesty acceptance selflessness that there's vulnerability there you feel like you can say things and be things and not have to fake it or anything yeah which is a freedom so you can enjoy that freedom and then again mutually beneficial in that they they strive and they inspire you to be better right so Aristotle thinks loving is more the essence of close friendship than being loved. You're like more focused on loving the other person than you are about being loved. So he kind of goes on to illustrate it and says, the love we feel for close friends is like a mother feels for her child, that she takes delight in her child, like having fun. Like mm-hmm. that is fun for her. Mm-hmm. So he's like, that's like true friendship is you take delight when they are delighted mm-hmm. versus you focusing on yourself so it's a very selfless yeah thing um let's see kind of going on now since friendship depends more on loving and it is those who love their friends that are praised loving seems to be the characteristic virtue of friends so that it is only those in whom this is found in due measure that are lasting friends and only their friendship that endures so i think we've all kind of had that experience with like true friendship before or maybe you don't but hopefully you do um that that's really the the virtue of of friendship i think is that that lasting part that enduring part when you know you're going to be friends with that person for a long time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's not going to be like oh one fight and we don't talk to each other or like one disagreement we're never going to talk to each other again or we move away and we'll never talk to each other again Mm -hmm. like i feel like there are friends you have in college that you know when you leave college, you probably won't keep up right, with. Right. Even if you try a little at the beginning. Yeah. But then there are those friends that you could not talk to for two years and you call them up and it's like, Time you don't need passed. to go through the reinstitution of the relationship. Right. It's just like, ah, we've never stopped talking. Exactly. So I think that's kind of what he means there is like, that's the part that's really beautiful about friendship mm-hmm. is like it's endurance, but mm-hmm. it's not fleeting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so many things in life are fleeting. Right. And I think that's why we seek friendship. Sometimes we want some stability, some permanency in like this ever changing world. Right. Yeah. And that, that brings me to think too, like when you are, when you're young, your social circle matters a lot. Mm-hmm the amount of friends is kind of crucial to your popularity your popularity status and things that matter in your youth and as you get older your friends kind of drop off and statistically you have a lot fewer friends i think it's a i read some statistic where it was like women like the rate of women's friendships falls dramatically after they turn 25. Oh, that's interesting because Aristotle says if you have this kind of friendship, it can't be with many people. It yeah. has to be with only a, a few. select few. Okay. Yep. So women, their friendships tend to drop off after I think the age 20 or 25. When they mature. When they mature. <laughs> and men, that, that coincides because with men, it's after 30. Oh, wow. When they mature. Right. They're a little slower. 
So if, you, if you have a man younger than 30, just kidding. Um, no. But but I think it's true. I think it may, it might have to do with maturity. But I, I also think that yeah. um, in this, these, this other study, it was like women, they tend to look for more enduring relationships. Mm-hmm. So when they find those, it's easier to let go of the other ones because they want to focus their attention on – yeah. The ones that matter. Yeah. So. And women, I feel like, you know, we say we're a little bit more in tune to like nurturing, mm-hmm. like and building relationships. Right. And that's why he says you can't have a ton of friends like this because right. it's difficult to share intimately in the joys and sorrows of many people. Right. You can only share so much joy yes. and sorrow. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I'm curious to know how old he was when he wrote this. Because yeah. Because it's like, this is, this is a very wise perspective because the truth is you probably only have a few good real friends and that's okay mm-hmm. and I think I mean personally I, I don't even think you ha- need many friends I think if you have even one solid good friend yeah I think that's what's important especially as homemakers because a lot of what we do is done alone and yes. so and it can feel very lonely it can feel lonely and and also what you are endeavoring to do if you feel like no one else out there is doing it you're probably less motivated to keep doing it because mm-hmm. it's like well oh it's it's a waste anyway yeah i'm the only one who cares whatever we'll have takeout again you yeah know? i don't know and that's a good point too with friends like yes our our spouse is our friend and mm-hmm. we should like we have this virtue of friendship we mm-hmm. delight in what mm-hmm. they delight in and things mm-hmm. like that but I think it's important you also have friends outside of that because yes. think about what you can share intimately, right? Like if you're sharing your experiences, your joys, your sorrows, Yeah, women understand women differently than men understand women. And so to be totally. like able to totally understand what someone's going through because you you like when we're both pregnant, yes. our spouses are not pregnant, so they can only understand so much. But then yes. to be able to share with a friend and be like, I know you know what I mean, yeah, is like a very it's just a comfort to feel not alone, yeah, in what you're either a joy or a sorrow. And I think that C.S. Lewis has a quote on that, right? Mm-hmm, like that's mm-hmm. like something like. A, True friendship happens at the moment when you say like what you two. Yes. It's, it's it goes exactly like this. It says friendship arises out of mere companionship when two or more of the companions discover that they have in common some insight or interest or even taste which the others do not share and which till that moment each believed to be his own unique treasure or burden. The typical expression, and this is where it starts, of opening friendship would be something like, what, you two? I thought I was the only one. Mm, yes. It says, it is when two such persons discover one another, when whether with immense difficulties and semi-articulate fumblings or with what would seem to us amazing amazing and elliptical speed, they share their vision. It is then that friendship is born, and instantly they stand together in an immense solitude. Oh, that's so beautiful. It it's is like nice. companionship in solitude. It's like, like us a close... against the world. Yes. Yes. Like we're all alone, <laughs> but we're together. But we're yes. not quite alone. Exactly. No, it's very true. You become your your island with your companion. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's, it's the feeling of having someone get you. I think it's irreplaceable. You feel understood, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I feel like at the end of the day, 
that's what everybody wants. Everybody wants yeah. to feel heard or seen. And mm-hmm. I mean, the true, the, the only true satisfaction I think that you can ultimately get in exchange for that would be, you know, loving God and knowing God and knowing his, his, your worth in his eyes, you know, mm-hmm. but we're human and we search for that. We long for that in this world. And friendship is kind of that, it kind of meets that spiritual requirement. Yeah. And, and, and and C.S. Lewis goes on to say friendships uh, were exalted in the ancient and medieval times because, quote, nature and emotion and the body were feared as dangers to the soul and therefore prized because of its independence and defiance of nature. Affection and arrows were too connected to our nerves and shared with the brutes. Hmm. So it was almost like a fear of emotion, a fear of emotion. And friendship is not. It's an emotional thing, but it's more like how we said it's self-sufficient. Yeah. Like you don't – and then he's, he's – It's not a whim. Right. And you don't feel like feelings of jealousy or blushing or yeah. – you know, it, it doesn't arise the passions. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah. And in the medieval it and ancient times – something much deeper. It's much deeper. It's on a more spiritual level, a more like freely chosen mm-hmm. as opposed to the other kinds of loves which he brings up as – which would be those other kinds of friendship that Aristotle talks about too, which exactly. would be more serving right. that end. Right. So hmm. the other the other three loves that C.S. Lewis writes about in his four loves is well, the first is Storgy. I think that's how you pronounce it. Feeling Storgy, which is, which is like uh, the most natural, uh, uninhibited love. I guess you could say like what you share for your child Mm. like you can't really explain it or rationalize it it's just there okay you know um philia which is friendship what we're discussing right now and then uh eros the erotic or sexual kind of love and then the last agape which is the divine love yeah Yeah, the highest the unconditional yeah all that um and so anyhow so he was saying that that it was prized before in the ancient and medieval times because of that, because it was so disconnected from our passions and they mm-hmm. valued that. They valued the independence because the passions, what they shared with the quote, with the brutes, right? right. It's like you, you and live on impulse. And have friends. Exactly. Exactly. So it was valued before. And then um, he says, then came romanticism and the return to nature and the exaltation of sentiment. So that just made me think like. Like the opposite direction. Like right. let's go back to the emotions right. and. Yeah, it made me think like how malleable is our society that we go along with the new ideas that are introduced. It's like a herd trend like progression and mm-hmm. and not progression as an improvement, rather just yeah. moving forward in time. Yeah. You know, so it's like imagine if that was if friendship and that kind of spiritual affection was was prized or prioritized in today's society as opposed to our passions. Right. Where it's like now, it's like everything is geared to what well, makes you feel good. Well, given to what feels good. But right. how can you have a friend if that's what you're geared towards? Because right. a friend is the opposite. A friend right. is, I want to make you better and I take pleasure when you are, mm-hmm. which requires sacrifice. Right. So, yeah, there there can be very few friendships of virtue right. in a culture that preaches yeah. that. Yeah. And then, and then on, along those lines, he says, friendship is, quote, quite marginal, not a main course in life's banquet. And, well, I guess he was asked that question. And then his answer was, few value it because few experience it. 
Mm. So, and I, I think it is that, that the fact that you don't get anything, it's not an exchange. Yeah. There's no feelings that are exchanged as yeah. far as like you for me and I for you. Like, and then he, another thing he brings up, C.S. Lewis is just full of, I mean, I mean, I guess this is what his book is on, you know? He's got a lot of ideas. He's got a lot of ideas on this and you can unpack them so many different ways. But um, one, one thing he says, which is like pretty famous is he says like lovers stare each other in the face, whereas friends stand side by side. They're like, oh. they have the same vision. They have the same goal or they're they have the same se- journey. Yeah. They're on the same journey or, you know, same. Yeah. So, so I think, I think that's good because when, you know, a man and a woman share a friendship, it's, it's different. Right. right. I mean, I think, I think it's good for your spouse to be your friend. I, in fact, I, I would totally endorse that to my kids. I would say yeah. be friends with whoever you want to marry first. So, you yeah. know, you have, again, the same vision, the same purpose. Yeah. And it's not just a feeling. It's not just igniting passions yeah you know what i mean it's like the deepest friendship in that right you're united exactly so you're not really friends in the sense of like too like what did he say it was too equal self-sufficient right because you're not you're completely united yes but it's like a friendship in that it shares similar characteristics of like yeah but it is good to be able to have a friend that you i mean you don't share that with right because yeah, it is. It's just freely chosen, mm-hmm. you know. And and then he also brings up in a different part of his book that that that's why it, he relates it as more of like like this is the closest to divine love besides agape because mm. it's so independent of your impulses and yeah. things like that leads you almost yes. opposite. Which which is kind of amazing because I, as a woman who's married, I didn't. I just don't I didn't find like the true weight in having like a good friend because I thought just like he said it's unnecessary. It's like Yeah, you almost think as a single woman. Yeah. Oh, when I get married that will make me happy and then it'll yes. just be all about that. Right. And you can kind of have that mistaken view that like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. once you do it all your problems will go away and you'll right. have like this blissful Right, right. <laughs> and then you realize you're on a journey that's different than your husband's because yeah. you're a female and he's a male and right. your journeys will never be the your same. Roles, you're you're exactly. doing different things in your day. Yes. Right. Like yeah. even if you both work. Yeah. You're doing different jobs as well, I guess unless you work together. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like you'd not, be doing yes. different jobs working together. Right. But yeah, there you just have different things that you're focused on that you're mm-hmm. you know your partners mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. in a way you kind of split certain things up for right so, so the reason why we bring all this stuff up is because i really do think that forming a friendship with someone in your community would really benefit you because i know i yeah. know a lot of women too who have friends that are still their high school friends yeah but they don't have kids yeah. And they're in a completely different stage in life. And it's not to say that those friends aren't worth keeping. It's just those friends might not make you feel – how should I say this? They might not make you feel supported, I mm-hmm. guess. You know what I mean? Because They might they're not, not know how to support you. Exactly. Because, yeah, yeah it's, like, it's like telling someone who's never had a kid how it is to have a kid. Mm-hmm. It's like they'll never know until yeah. they have a kid. So – if you're still sharing those, 
if you still have those friendships and they're deep or they bring you pleasure, I think that's all fine and dandy. But I do think it is important to have at least one friend whom you share a vision with or you're you're along the same path like us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it would be kind of fun to like <laughs> bring up like our friendship. Like I when I moved to Wisconsin, I didn't, and I know we talked about this, I think in our like first episode when we decided to do this, but I, again, I moved here with my husband and my kids and I wasn't really thinking like, Oh, I'm going to make friends. I was, Mm -hmm. I was still in the boat where it's like, Oh, I have my husband and I have my kids and I have a ton to do. I don't even have time for a friend. (laughs) Like, like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, I'm looking for a house. Yeah. I'm looking for a house. (laughs) That's more what I really care about right now. So the fact that like, you know, I, became really close friends with Mandy was such a blessing because we have the same amount of kids almost now. Um, We're like the same age, same (laughs) genders. It's like, could I have anyone more like me? Probably not. (laughs) And, and I mean, your personality is different than mine. You know, you're strong, you're smart, you're a go-getter. You're so many things that I'd say you're those things, (laughs) but (laughs) I'm more the phlegmatic quote unquote go-getter. Our temperaments are different. Our temperaments are different, but it is such a blessing to have met Mandy because I really do feel like the friendships that we're talking about, I feel like I actually found that. Mm -hmm. So, and I had the same thing because so I was living here already with my family. Mm-hmm. You're and, from here. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of my good friends don't live here mm-hmm. that I had. So some I've, I have from college that were still really good friends, but we're just living in separate areas. And so it's a little different when you have the distance. Right. And then, you know, friends I had in town were in like a different stage of life than I was. So it's just a little different. Um, still really good friends, but again, just a little different. So yeah, it was, I was kind of at a stage in my life where I was beginning to feel really lonely and I almost felt guilty for feeling that. Cause I was like, well, I'm married and my husband's here and he's this great right. companion. Like, I don't know why I'm feeling so right. I have all these lonely. people around me. Yeah. yeah. And I, my sisters live here and like, you know, like I'm good friends with my sisters. We do things, but I don't know. I, I actually remember praying to God, like, God, I just need like a friend. Like, just one just one like just a good friend and and not that I wasn't like acquaintances with other people or like friends right. but it, like a deep friendship right. like I was like I just need like a go-to person yes. not just and I get you yeah. you get me so yeah not to like yeah I had all these good friends yeah. but like a, a, yeah I think I was looking for something like very like I almost felt like I couldn't be good friends because we're both so busy, like, Mm -hmm, or, you know, mm -hmm. you were kind of out of sync because they're, they've got this going on, you've got that going on. So not that there weren't people here that would have been beautiful people to hang out and have a coffee with or whatever. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But it was just kind of, I just felt that that was missing. So I was like, gosh, I just like feel so lonely. I just need a friend. And then Mm -hmm. shortly after you moved here. Oh my God. And again, I didn't like be like, I'm going to snag her as a friend. (laughs) Like I was like on the prowl for like a friend, but it just kind of like, she'll be mine. (laughs) It just happened organically. And then like, yeah, you just realized like the what you two, like exactly. That happened like a million times for us. And I was like, oh my gosh, we have so much in common. This is amazing. And then I feel like once that was a established it was really easy to be inspired mm-hmm. by the other person yeah. to be like okay we're both struggling with this how yes. could we yeah you know 
rise above this. Right. What can we do? And I feel like that's where our different temperaments come in handy because yeah. it's like what I'm lacking, you supply. Yeah. So I'm like, yes. oh, you're right. I should be like a little bit more empathetic here. Yeah. <laughs> and I should be, and with you, it's more like, okay, I should actually like take action and get some of my <laughs> DIY projects done. You know, Mandy always sends me like before and afters, and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's my <laughs> idol. I need to get up. So I've been on this painting spree of my whole house. But anyhow. Man, now I need to like wrap us and now I'm see? like, I have not done anything. No, this is good. <laughs> we feed off each other, you know. Yes. No, I love it. And I'm so, so grateful to have found a good friend. Yeah. And I feel like that's exactly what, you know, Aristotle was saying with that virtue, uh, friendship of virtue. He says, those, it is that which two people strive to be the best they can be to each other and themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's not just key to the source of happiness, but among the pinnacles of human achievement. I love that. A pinnacle of human achievement. Yeah. That's pretty high. I know. <laughs> We've achieved a lot. We've got that. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think to end, um, I found this really great friendship quote again in C.S. Lewis's Four Loves. That's where I got all my good content from. He ends his uh, philia section by saying, quote, but for a Christian, there are strictly speaking no chances. A secret master of the ceremonies has been at work. Christ, who said to the disciples, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, can truly say to every group of Christian friends, you have not chosen one another, but I have chosen you for one another. Oh, that's a pretty Isn't that awesome? One. Yeah. Because a lot of it a lot of the times we do think Needle like pointing oh, on a pillow. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you you got to see that one every day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We're meant for each other. <laughs> yeah, no. I I think a lot of it is the beautiful thing is that it is freely chosen. You can choose your friends. And that's where our, you know, free will comes in. But at the end of the day, it's like it is God who is in control. And I think he sent each other, us, and me moving here and becoming friends with you and you praying. Which, and all by that. the way, was like an act of God. That I this, know. The whole family. Like, I was I like, know. never in a million years that I think you'd leave where you were. <laughs> to come to Wisconsin. My Seriously? gosh. I know. I know. <laughs> Neither did I. Trust me. I never thought I would live here. But I'm here and I love it. I'm so She's glad. in the wilderness. I know. <laughs> I'm a Midwest bumpkin and I'm not turning back. No, I know. I love it. Um, but it is it is amazing to think that it is it isn't we who are in control ultimately. Mm-hmm. We choose, but it's also God knows what we need. Yeah. And I feel like he knew yeah. we needed each other. Yeah. So I feel like those God moments happen. It's like yeah. a really beautiful thing. So if you're in a situation where you're kind of feeling like we did where you're alone or you feel that, you know, mm-hmm. missing, like definitely send up some prayers for send up some prayers for sure and i was reading some article on like how to make friends to kind of you know get Gail some Carney. ideas Just right kidding. because how to win friends and influence, influence people. people yeah not that book <laughs> um but but basically to kind of help a sister out there um one piece of advice that was given was to go first so if you see another woman at church who let's just say is struggling with her kids and you've been there done that you know go up to her at the end and say like you did a great job you know you don't maybe want to you don't maybe necessarily want to be like yeah oh that's so tough you know because it's that's kind of embarrassing (laughs) I don't know say whatever you want you be you 
But it is nice to pay someone a compliment and then, yeah. you know, just say, would you want to do a play date, you know, yeah. after mass one day Take or some action? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, Go a lot first. of times you put stuff off and say, we should get together. But yeah. instead of saying that, say something like, let's do coffee this week. Yeah. When are you Exactly. Available? Exactly. Commit to it. That's yeah. that's where you're good at, Mandy. You're like, <laughs> when are we going to start this podcast? I'm like, oh, let's do it. <laughs> no, no. I think it's good. I think it's good to definitely, you know, commit and go first. And what's the worst that can happen? They're busy. Yeah. Okay. You're busy too. Yeah. Try another friend, you know? Yeah. And you can meet friends in big social settings mm-hmm. and develop like an intimate relationship mm-hmm. with someone in yeah. within that so don't be afraid to go to those bigger things right. like mom dates or like yeah yeah you know and you don't you don't have to be an extrovert because i wouldn't i wouldn't say i'm an extrovert by any means but and i'm a pretty bad extrovert i think i am one i'm just not a great one yeah yeah that's actually <laughs> my second phlegmatic sanguine but anyhow i don't feel like I do well in big groups of women. I feel yeah. like in in big groups of women, I'll kind of just I'll listen, you know. You become but, like a wallflower more. And like, oh, does anybody want to talk over here one on one? Yeah, that's me. So I feel like you don't have to be an extrovert to make friends. So if no. you don't have any, don't feel like you need to be some kind of like crazy social, social person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like it's just having a normal conversation with someone else who is either struggling like you or not even struggling, but just in the same phase of life and Mm -hmm. friends, like you may not click with everyone, but you won't know until you start having these conversations with different people. Yeah. And it takes time. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's okay to like, just see where things go and like, right. You know, like invite different people over that you think you might share things in common with and yeah. You know, just let it happen organically in that way, too. Mm -hmm. Look Um, up local, like, book clubs, too. Yeah. Yeah. Things that you're interested in, you'll find other people there that share that interest. And that can kind of be a good foundation to start from. Yeah. And you can always hang out with us and follow our podcast. We're your friends. We are your friends. We're your virtual friends. We're here for you. We get you. Yeah. (laughs) We might not know you, but we get you. Yeah. And you get us. (laughs) All right, so now it's time for our tip of the bi week, whatever. Yeah. The bi week week. tip. Yeah, the (laughs) bi week tip. Um, And this is to do with organization. And I can tell you, postpartum, this is saving me right now. And that is how easy clutter happens in your house. And so, two of my biggest clutter problems in my house were I have a split level. So, I have a basement and a main floor and my kids would bring stuff up from the basement and it'd just be all over the house and so I constantly felt like I was taking stuff upstairs putting it downstairs Mm -hmm. whatever and Mm -hmm. you might have like no basement but an area of your house that's separated that you feel like you're constantly going back and forth to but I saw this great um tip and I think it was from the Midwestern mom one. What's she called? Minimalist. Minimal mom. Minimal mom. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Gotcha. Dawn, the minimal mom. Yes. Yeah. She loves bins, which I have now come to love. Mm-hmm. But basically, I got this really cute decorative bin and I put it on top of my stair banister. And anytime I come across something upstairs that needs to go downstairs, I throw mm-hmm. it in the bin yes. and I empty the bin at like, you know, a few days later. 
Yeah. So I just take the bin down and my kids help me. I empty it all. It's not an everyday thing. Nope. You just throw it in until it accumulates. And it's so nice that it's all like in one bin, like the stress of not Mm. seeing it all over a room. And then it's just as I'm walking and I'm like, hey, there's a magnetile for the 50th time. Yeah. I pick it up and I just (laughs) throw it in the bin. (laughs) I love that because currently I have my bins, but they're in a designated spot. I don't, I don't have mm. like a one, a bin that you move around and yeah. then I just throw that random magnetile in the bin. And then there's like five random magnetiles, you know? So yeah, it's good to have one flex bin. That yes. You just walk around with. Yep. I love that. So easy. And then, yeah, it's contained. And then I don't even mind emptying it out because it's just, it takes like two minutes, which yeah. I feel like is far less than if you kept right. putting each thing away as you saw yeah. it. You do it when you have time. Yes. Exactly. And it's when you have time. Visual or when clutter it's completely gone. Overflowing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. <laughs> whichever one. <laughs> Whatever comes first. And then the other one, which is a clutter spot for me, are papers I don't know what to do with. And they would just sit on my kitchen counter. And I loved this one because it's such a generic label. My husband laughed when he read it. But one is to do. Mm-hmm. So when you have bills that need to be paid right. or something you need to sign and return or something you need to review, I put that in a file box that says to do. Right. But then I have one that says time will tell, which is such a weird label. But it, <laughs> I have so many things that I'm like, I don't know if I should keep this. Yes. Maybe this will be helpful later. Like it's vague coupons. enough that yeah. a lot of things can go. Yes, in. exactly. Yeah. Like coupons or like stuff from my kids' school that right. I'm like, I don't really think I need this, but who knows? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then again, when you have time, just go through and be like, yep, didn't need this in the end. Didn't need that. Didn't need yeah. this. And you just kind of yes. check things. Yeah. I but have, then I have it's that in too. one spot and you can find it mm-hmm. if you're like, gosh, I thought I had a coupon for this. Do I really? Yes. Where is that? So time will tell is a great Yes. Label for something if you need to be a little more generic. I don't know. Sometimes I find it's good to have very specific things, but in my stage of life currently right now, I feel like I benefit more from having an organization that's very general. Yeah. That can fit a little bit more. Right. It's still categorized. Yes. But, you know, a lot of things can fall. It's contained and a lot of things can fall. That's good. And then my tip is uh, I've mentioned it before. I think it's the Hoopla app. Um, if you have a local library card, um, there's other apps that your local libraries are hooked up to, but if you go to your local library, you hook up your card to this app, you get free books online. Um, and you can rent them. I think you're limited to like six a month, but they have audiobooks and ebooks. And, um, that's actually how I got to read the four loves by CS Lewis. So it's, it comes in handy. And um, another useful thing that you could do with that is I have checked out the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe audiobook, and I play it in my car sometimes. So my kids listen to audiobooks through that app. And it's completely free, which is why I love it. And I would totally recommend because audiobooks are great. My kids love it. Yeah. And it's better than TV or other things. Yeah. No judgment. While you're doing mundane things. Right. just easy access. And the yeah. ones on YouTube, you have to listen to ads. And- yeah. And you can find a lot of good like children's classics on there too, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So oh, nice. that's that's my recommendation. You got this, Mama. And don't forget, God walks among the pots and pans. See you next time.